This is Mary's Day, and on Mary's Day, the fourth Sunday of Advent, we not only take up the Annunciation, the announcement that was made to her by the angel Gabriel, but also the Magnificat, her great prayer that came from this preaching. And so also we have the uh, fullness of the creed, the second article of the creed, which you have all learned now from Luther's small catechism. And I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, Son of the Father from, uh, from eternity, and true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. The minute Gabriel is in the scene, you are in trouble. The whole world is in trouble. It means that there are no other preachers that can be called forward. And every time God calls Gabriel, something huge has happened. So we have now in, this own, in our own time this problem that God finally had to go to Gabriel, his angel, when there was no other preacher to call. And so we have Ezekiel 34 laid out in front of us. God says, the sheep have been scattered, and nobody is going to look for them. My preachers are nowhere to be found, and I will reckon with them. And lo and behold, here I am in an empty tomb with nobody around, except finally we have just enough sinners in this place for me to be able to preach. Two or three are all it takes, Jesus has said. And so we have this particular word given by Gabriel to the virgin. And Gabriel came to her and said to the virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And when Gabriel came, he preached to her, as an angel always does. And he said to her, not greetings, O favored one, but rejoice, O favored one. The Lord is with you. This is a great sermon and a short one. If you count the seconds, you are probably only talking about two seconds of a sermon. And that is a real sermon delivered by Gabriel. And when Mary heard it, the first thing that she heard was not the word of promise that Gabriel gave. Since this is a great promise, O favored one, rejoice. That is, God has chosen you. Mary had heard about this choosing by God. She knew about it in Scripture, but she had never heard it given to herself. And so here she finally had it. Dear Mary, I choose you, signed God. And now Mary was fearful. She did not understand that this was a promise given to her. She heard it only as a command. And you and I now have to learn the difference between a command and a promise, between the law and the gospel. And Mary, hearing this, was afraid, so Gabriel had to come back and preach the same sermon a second time to her. So he said, fear not, Mary, for you are chosen 
And now the second time it went into her ear. And when it went into her ear now, she learned the fullness of this promise. When Mary was chosen, it was not just that she had been elect of God, but now she was chosen for a particular promise. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. This is Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Paul said it for years and years, hundreds and hundreds of years. Nobody knew this mystery. It had been said. It had been announced. Isaiah had put it in his own sermon. And there in the seventh chapter of Isaiah, we finally hear what it is that God intended to say all along. You now, the virgin now, will conceive, and the child that you will conceive will be the son of the Almighty. And there we have our great teaching, the teaching of the incarnation, the teaching now of the communicatio idiomatum, the, commu the, the, the uh, teaching of the hypostatic union, and you can bet I could go on for years and lecture about these things. But here now, uh, Gabriel gives it in one particular moment. That child that is in your womb, therefore truly a man, is also truly the Son of God. Son of God and Mary's son at the same time. And you will call his name Emmanuel. And not only Emmanuel, but now you hear more clearly, not only will I be with you, but I will deliver you. Jesus means deliverance. He will deliver you from all that haunts you, from the fear of death, from sin, from devil, and even the law itself. And so Mary said to the angel, well, how will all this happen? Mary is pragmatic. She did not ask about the incarnation. How is it that this one can be true God and true man? She left all of that out, and she went right to the practical thing. How can this happen since I am a virgin? And now Gabriel tells her about the Holy Spirit. So if you thought you were only going to get the second article of the creed, now we get the third article of the creed. And there we learn who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit will do this, Mary. And when the Holy Spirit does it, then you will finally understand that not only is the Holy Spirit holy, anyone could understand that, but the Holy Spirit is the one who makes holy, and he is going to make you holy, the Son holy, and everyone to whom the Son preaches will be made holy. And there are two things now that the Holy Spirit will give. First, the Holy Spirit will give a sign. And that sign, Mary, is Elizabeth, who is already with child. And you have to remember that she had been crying out for a child all her life. And in her elder age, this was finally given to her. This is a sign unto you, Mary. And secondly, God will give a word to you, a promise. These two things, a sign and a promise, and by this he will make you holy. Listen to this. 
Then one of the great words of Scripture is laid out so that we understand what the Holy Spirit is doing and how it is that Mary is finally spoken to, how finally the Holy Spirit gets through to her ear and makes her the one that we honor, the Theotokos, the mother of God himself. For nothing will be impossible. Now, that is, that's too small. That's the kind of slogan you put on your refrigerator. That's the kind of slogan that you hear at a game, for nothing is impossible with God. This is not the translation. The translation is very specific. It's not just that God can do impossible things. It is no word of God will fail. There is your translation. And when Mary finally hears this, when she finally receives this through the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of Gabriel, she has now received what it is that she believes in. She has a word, and that word now is going to be clingable. She can hang on to it, and when she hangs on to it now, she has faith, and faith makes you righteous. The Holy Spirit does this so that no word of God will ever fail. Mary said, Behold, I am the slave of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And there is faith. There is the true miracle. The miracle now in which God gives his promise through a preacher, Gabriel, and that promise is a specific word. And that word now comes to Mary so that she hears it and trusts it and believes it. Not only is anything possible for God, but no word of his will fail. And one day I will be able to give this word to you, you scattered sheep out there in video land. I can't find you. Don't make me come out there and try to find you. I want you back here as quickly as you can come so that I can actually bestow and give this promise to you as Gabriel gave it to Mary. And what did Mary do when she received this? The first thing she did is run to the sign. She ran to Elizabeth so that she could be sure that this, in fact, had been bestowed and given. No dream but in fact a promise that is surer and more certain than anything that God could give. And so she ran to Elizabeth, and there she didn't just greet Elizabeth, she now gave Elizabeth the promise. So she knocks on the door and says, Elizabeth, you will not believe it. Not only are you with child, but so am I. And the child I have is none other than the Son of God. And Elizabeth now is full. She now holds out what it is that she hears in Mary. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken from the Lord. Mary believed. And what did she believe? She believed a promise, not a command. 
And what was the promise? That this child would be God himself, come to find you wherever you are. And if he did not stop at the virgin's womb and would not stop at the manger, he is not going to stop at the cross and he is not going to stop to come and find you in this day and time where you are even afraid to go out. And finally, Mary let forth the great prayer, the Magnificat. And when she does this, she uses the same prayer that Hannah used who had prayed for a child all her life and finally it was delivered to her. That child was named Samuel. And here Mary takes Hannah's great prayer from 1 Samuel, the second chapter. My soul magnifies the Lord makes him bigger, shows him for who he is so that I can reveal to the the world what this word is. And if we could go through point by point, we would do it. But the key word in the Magnificat is the very last one, the 55th verse. There, Mary now says, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Mary knew that the promise that had been delivered to her by the angel Gabriel was the very same promise that God gave Abraham. You can read it yourself in Genesis 17, verse 7. There the testament of God is with you, Abraham, and with your seed. And that seed is Jesus Christ. The mystery that the whole world waited for is now revealed to you. And in this mystery, you remember that that seed, who is the Son of God from eternity, true God and true man, Son of the Virgin Mary, has come also for you. I wait for the time when I can give this promise to you. Amen.